Leaf Nation, Curtis from Alberta here, joining DSC for the podcast, talking Leafs playoffs. Yes, sir, starts tomorrow. Cheers, Leafs Nation. To the buds. Go, Leafs, go! Woo! All right, folks, welcome to episode 18 of the Deke Snipe Sally podcast with your hosts, Patty Phillips and Ryan Gates. We're here with Leafs superfan Curtis out of, out of Alberta. You guys have probably seen his stuff on uh, on uh, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. It's, it's kicking around, but uh, he's got, uh, I guess, probably one of the more recognizable private collections now in the world. People know who he is and He's a little bit of a nut job like the rest of us. The passion is real. So he's joined us. Uh, we're ever so grateful to have you on. So, Curtis, uh, thanks so much for joining us, man. How's, how's the weather treating you out in Alberta? Oh, it's good. I'm ready for uh, Leafs playoffs. Uh, so just tuning in for that. That's all I care about. Not the weather, not anything. Playoffs. I know. I know. You're not going to get no snow in your basement. <laughs> no. <I'm right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's playoff time. And that's what we want to talk about today. It's uh playoff start basically uh tonight this is monday now and uh this is well that's when this episode is going to be published and uh and we got our game one uh leafs and tampa bay tonight we're going to talk a lot about that but uh we got to talk a little bit to curtis about uh, about his passion and how this all came about because i mean i remember seeing the collect actually i think the first time i talked with curtis was probably a couple of years ago it was on one of those leafs memorabilia fan pages that i was a member of and like everyone was sharing some pictures and I talked to all the guys, uh, Mark Farah there in, in, in Toronto with his, uh, his, uh, Bill Barocco, uh, exhibit that he's got in his basement. I mean, it's just, just phenomenal stuff that they, they, you know, these, these, these guys who are so passionate about their collection. So what I want to ask you about is how did that all begin? Cause me and Patty were avid collectors too, but we're not, we're not like I said, nearly in the hole as you, when it comes to how much money we've invested. So how did that come about, man? Uh, honestly, I, uh, it started obviously just like you guys with a few pieces. Right. And then I, I filled one wall and then I looked around at the other three walls like, well, they look stupid. Now I'm going to fill that other wall. (laughs) You know, I got one helmet and displayed it. And then I thought, Oh, I should get a display case. And they come in four, like the display case is four. So I was like, well, I need three helmets now. (laughs) And then I gloves, right. I need to put helmets and gloves together. And then it just snowballed into ridiculous what it is now. But yeah, just that's, that's how it happened. That sounds so familiar. Like, that's the same story of every memorabilia guy, girl, whatever. I'm yeah. like, yeah. So I've 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 got the Austin Matthews 2019 or 2020 signed All Star puck. One of those pucks. How neat would it be to get all the signed autograph pucks from all the All Star games that he's been at 250 a pop? Like, yeah. uh, it's just it just never never ends. And I think you said mm-hmm. that to me on a Twitter mi- message. Like, you just never stop collecting. No, no, you just always want to get more and more, right? So it's I'm running out of space, though. I I, I got to figure it out because I'm running out of space. Um, seriously, so I need to. I don't know how I'm going to stop, but I got to slow down. But now they're going to win the cup, and I'm going to go crazy. So I know. Well, <laughs> me, me and Patty joke all the time that when the Leafs win the cup, because they will, when they win the cup, we're both going to have to remortgage our houses just for the Stanley Cup merchandise. Oh, right? it's going to be ridiculous. 
It's, Their it's kids like, really don't need to go to university. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> like the RESPs, like we can we can take that. They'll figure it out. I'm just gonna say, here's an Austin Matthews game worn jersey. Go pay for your college. Yeah. Get out yeah. of here. Uh, <laughs> lots of kids have made it through college by stripping and selling drugs. My kids can do the same, right? <laughs> Listen, I got I need my merchandise. But uh, no, it's uh, it is it is a full on addiction, and uh, and I get it. Um, and and it's so it's such a funny thing because I try to be I try to be this reasonable guy in my mind, right? Like I, back in their rookie year, when I said their rookie year, I'm talking about you know our our, our big three. Um, I was collecting I collected everything, and including hockey cards, which I'm not an avid card collector. But I I want to say I'm like no Matthews, Marner, Nylander, they're going to be they're going to be players in this league for a long time to come, whether they're with the Leafs or not. I really love them now. I just started collecting every rookie card that I could get my hands on. Like I mean, like not just the high end stuff, not low end stuff, everything and in, in between, right? And uh, and I was looking at it like two years into their into their contracts, and I was like, that was stupid. I don't need I don't need all this stuff. So I went and I offloaded almost all of it i kept the really nice pieces that i wanted to keep some that i pulled and some matthews autograph stuff and some unique stuff but i offloaded all the all the low-end stuff and even now i'm looking online and even like the base cards from the rookie year are, are like tripling in price i mean when i say triple they went from two dollars to like 15 but my point being is that all of it is just continually up and up and up and up and up like there's no bad investment where mariners and matthews and nylander are concerned doesn't appear to be so. Well, I don't know. Like I was just at Ferris a few months ago, and I got to tell you, he's got a lot of Matthews stuff. And if Matthews, if we get punted this year in the first round, and next year we get punted, and Matthews walks and goes to LA, yeah. I can't see his stuff holding this crazy value in Leafland. No. JT in in uh, in on the island, he was a fan favorite, and when he left, people were burning jerseys and. You know, you can buy his stuff dirt cheap now from from the Islanders, right? So yeah. that's my fear with Matthews. However, if he re-signs another eight-year max year contract or whatever becomes the greatest leaf of all time, it's gold. It's absolute gold. So it's a risk. Yeah. But you I mean, know what? I, th I think it's a calculated risk, and it's not too much of a risk. Like, you've got a guy right now who was, was he in five, five, six years into the NHL right now? And they're saying one of the best, if not the best leaf of all time. Like, so if you're going to invest in any guy, you're, you're going to invest in Austin Matthews today. <laughs> and, and the way that I look at Matthews as a player too, is like, I mean, I grew up that like I, in my early years, I was a Dougie Gilmore fan. When I didn't even really understand the game. I just knew that at least my favorite team, my favorite player was Dougie Gilmore. Right. As I evolved and went, got up to high school and into college and, and was still watching the Leafs in the Kessel era. I mean, I'm a, I was a Kessel fan and still am. I mean, I still love Phil Kessel to 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 an extreme because he represents something that the NHL is strictly opposed to. It was like guys who are out of shape and they kind of kind of <laughs> doesn't don't really say the right things and and give and give no shits. I mean, that's Phil Kessel, right? And so I love everything about the guy. I know he's sitting on two Stanley Cups, but like when I look at Kessel versus Matthews. Uh, Phil Kessel was only just an average league player. Like he was, he was the best player on our team, but our team wasn't very good, right? You look at Austin Matthews, who's won a Calder. He's going to win back-to-back -back Rocket Richards. I mean, he's he's arguably. I, I think he should win a Hart, but I'm biased. But a lot of other people seem to think so as well. I mean, you're not talking about your average run of the mill. Like for me, for example, if Matthews was traded tomorrow, I would still keep all my Matthews merchandise because I've had that connection with the player, and he's just so incredible. You know what I mean? So I think. While his stuff wouldn't plummet, Walking I think. Yeah. Is different than being traded. 
if he says, nah, I don't want to play for the Leafs, I'm going to LA for the same amount yeah. of money. Yeah, well, true, true. Yeah. Different yeah. than being true. It's a different, yeah, it's going to be different the way that transaction goes down. If Listen, let's not go there. No, uh, no. I, I think he's the best thing. Yes, I think he's the best <laughs> thing ever. Uh, and you know what? If my if if one day something like that does happen, my my collection uh, depreciates. Like I got Austin Matthews skates there. My buddies are always making fun of me who are not collectors and don't understand why I bought it uh, during the investments business, but they still make fun of me. Um, <laughs> they're saying like when Matthews got when the Habs eliminated them last year, like what are you going to sell them on Kijiji for two bucks? escape and i'm like like just not stupid value that they're they're holding right now right like will his helmet helmets go for three to five grand right now if he walks and goes to go cuddle with bieber in hollywood in two years um is his helmet still going to sell for three grand i don't think so will it still go for 1500 which is three times as much as an angvol helmet yes but I just don't think it'll hold the stupid value that it's holding now. Well, and, and and you're right. It, it, anytime a player changes teams, their previously owned merchandise from that franchise depreciates. It's, it's, it's clockwork, right? Uh, unless you're you know, Gretzky from the Oilers. But hey, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about what's happening this evening. Leafs, Tampa Bay, game one. Um, so I'll give you my Coles notes and I'll let you guys comment on on, on, on what I've said. Um, when I look at these two teams, I see two teams that are very, very parallel. Uh, I see two teams. The Leafs have, in, have, have come a long ways defensively, even in the last three weeks. The emergence of Mark Giordano as, as, as a top-end defenseman who's playing low-end minutes. Timothy Lilligren, who doesn't look like a rookie at all, right? Um, and then, then our forwards, I'd put our forward group up against any team in the league. Uh, goaltending, clearly Tampa Bay has the edge normally they would have the edge against any other team in the league. However, traditionally, when you look at Vasilevsky's record against Toronto, he's no stud. He's only average at best. So when I look at these teams, I see a lot of parallels. And uh, and someone asked me the other day if I thought the Leafs could beat Tampa Bay. I said, I think the Leafs could mop the floor with Tampa Bay in the right situation. Um, but I want to see where you guys think they stand heading into the series, whether they're ahead, behind, or whether it's a, it's a par. Honestly, I think the Leafs are going to smash them for a few reasons. One, because uh, we've got a lot of steam going into the playoffs. The second reason is I think I don't think Tampa's got the hunger. Like, they've won back-to-back cups. Uh, you know what I mean? They're not going to have the same hunger and drive that the Leafs will have in the series. Um, but we need to win game one. That's massive. I'll tell you, if we lose game one, five, nothing or something, it's going to get in all the Leafs heads. Leafs Nation, I, you guys have been on Twitter. It's a freaking war zone. You know, mm. they're going to want Jack Campbell's head and they're all bums and trade them, right? Like, uh, but if we get some positive energy, I don't think anything will hold us back. I think the Leafs take it in five. Yeah. You know what? You, you look back. So the last number of years that we've lost, so we lost to Montreal last year, who played a defensive jam in my mind against Toronto. Year previous, Columbus, same thing, defensive jam. The, the Boston series, other than, and I'm looking at this Austin Matthews, this core last four or five seasons, it was only really Washington that we paralleled a little bit more closer in terms of offense versus offense, and at least did really well in that series. Every year, after the Leafs have got eliminated, I've said I'd rather face a team that we're, we look a lot more alike. And Tampa is that team. I think we've never really struggled against Tampa. That mm-hmm. last game, 8 1, 
like that's typical Toronto media and everybody coming down on the Leafs. We had our third string goalie in there, our number one center gone. And they're thinking an eight, one win against Toronto when we beat them by four or five goals the previous week or two weeks previous, mm-hmm. that's like Tampa were on that big run right now going into the playoffs. They're hot. They beat Florida. They beat us eight and one. I like, it's going to be a very, very tough series. And our stars really got to be our stars. But I think we've got depth, like depth now that we've never had before. Like Look at Ang- had- He's been a stud. Like he's yep. a threat. Angval's a threat. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I don't mind eating my fair share of crow when I got to. And I've been hard on Engvall this past season at points to the point where I was like, this guy got to go. But man, has he turned it around? Because he was, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I thought he was average at best. I mean, that, that, that would have been a compliment for me to say about Engvall. Uh, I, I was, I was, I was plugging for him to get, head back to the Marlies and bring up Josh Hosang at one point, because I was like, this guy's just not doing it. He's not bringing anything to the table. Like we always say, if you're not going to score, hit back, check, do something, get, get on the stat sheet, get a, take a penalty. I don't care what it is. Just make a presence in the game. And, uh, but he was, there's a lot of games there mid season, early season where he just, he was just there. Uh, as Mikheyev started to come on. And, and, uh, well, I mean, with the way Engvall's been playing in the last three weeks, he's arguably been outplaying Engvall, uh, outplaying Mikheyev. I mean, he's, yeah. he's really, really upped his game big time. Like almost top to six type. Yeah, I was just going to say, he's close to cracking top six. Yeah. Well, actually, if, if a guy, God forbid, don't put this out into the world, but if someone got injured, I'd have no issue if that was if that was the case where someone needed the game off to kind of rest an injury and they decided, you know, I don't know, Engvall's going to slide in on the second line with JT and Nylander. I'm like, yeah, I could see that. Try it out, you know? I mean, obviously there are some other options there you'd probably like to see first, McKayev being one of them because you've got the experience with those guys. But, man, is Engvall looking good, you know? I'm both ends of the puck a, too, you know? I think we've got a very responsible team. And you know what? If you can take – I'm looking at the projected lineup right now and i'll get to it in a second there's not many players on the bottom six that i wouldn't that i'd have issue with bringing up to the top six they can all because they all skate fast unless Uh, simmons being the exception probably but i don't know clifford not sure about clifford or simmons to be honest with you well so so here's here's the line of projected line from mark masters uh top line massey's murner kerfoot second line Tavares, kasha mckayev i love that line like they're mm-hmm. going to generate some real good chances for Tavares. Um, third line, Camp, Eggmall, Nylander. Fourth line, Blackwall, Simmons, Clifford, Odd Man Out, Bunting, and Spezza. Um, NRD, Lilligren makes it, hauls the Odd Man Out. I don't have a problem not playing Spezza in that first game. Um, I kind of prefer Clifford in there, actually, other over Simmons. I, I, I just... I don't know. Simmons is the one guy that I've probably been a little bit more down on this year. Uh, I think he'll probably play his role much better in the playoffs. Because he's not not scoring and he's not, like he said, he's not hitting, he's not back-checking, he's not scoring, he's just kind of there. Yeah, and and you know what? Like, they've got Perry and Maroon on the other end. You really, you've really got to match that up. You you do. And what, and and like, so my initial thought when I looked at that, that lineup, I was like, well, that's some BS. Like, that is some serious BS. But I started thinking the same thing. I'm like, if you're going to go punch for punch in the playoffs, literally, 
because they're going to at some point here. You got to have fellows who can throw the punch, you know, like like whether that's that's whether that's literally throwing the punch or you know just bringing that that physical atmosphere. Um, Jason Spezza is not that guy. Now, if we get into a into a rat race here, where you know you're looking at games where the Leafs lose seven to five, you know, if it's a if it's an offensive outburst on the other end, you kind of got to consider it in running with 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 a guy like Spezza who. I mean, whatever he is or he isn't, every single game he's on the ice, he generates at least a couple scoring chances. At least. And he's the kind of guy who gets, if he gets stuck out there on the ice and the JT lines come over the boards, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, him and Neal best players last year in the playoffs. They were. So yep. Neal best players. Yeah. My, my, my challenge with Spets is that, like, he is all offense. Like, he's not going to go out there and hit a uh, very smart player, veteran player, nice to get in the lineup. I don't think that's that veteran presence is needed as much as years, years past. I think Matthews and Marner, they know what the playoffs look like right now. Um, my thing with Spets is you've got a lot of players that are like him. And if you're depending on Spets at a score, that means we're really in trouble. That means our top guys haven't shown up and are not scoring. Mm. I think I'd rather get those grittier guys in there. Those hard nosed guys, Simmons, Clifford. Um, I love our D like, I, I think the big advantage that we have over last year, right now you got Hall and Sandine as your seventh and eighth defenseman. We've never had that luxury in years past. Up front, you've got, well, Bunting will make his way into the lineup when he gets healthy, but you got Spezza there. You got Robertson. You got some of the guys that are going to come up from the Marlies. Like when we talked about depth in years past, we went out and got that a Brian Boyle or a fourth line center. We didn't have to do that this year. We went out and got a Blackwell, got a Giordano. Labushka and I, you know what? There's a question that I'll ask. You, you can answer it now or or later. Like, I think of all the players, yeah, if Matthews Mariner shows up, it's not going to be a surprise. I think Labushkin is going to be a very, very nice add during these playoffs, similar to what the way you used Gavis used to play back in the day. But he's my guy. He's going to be a, a very, very important pickup for that team. Well, he's big. He's one of our only defensemen that hit. You look yeah. a little not a big hitter, Riley, you know, all Sandine, just a bunch of little offensive guys, right? You need that, that big guy to go in the corner and, you know, lay the body. I don't even know Gio. I'm not that familiar with him. Not sure if he's a big hitter. He seems like a smarter player to dig the buck out and clear. You know what I mean? I think the boost there is, is our big hitter. And he's similar to Bogosian, but the problem with Bogosian, he was getting bottom pairing minutes. The Bushkin's getting top pairing minutes with Riley. So he's he's going to be so invaluable when when they used to have Yuskevich and Danny Markov paired up back in the day against Yager and, and the Philadelphia series. Um, Yager being with Pittsburgh and then they played Philadelphia or the other way around or whatever. Um, like they were monsters out there. I think Babushkin is going to be so invaluable. Yeah, well, you hit the, you hit the nail on the head when you when you when you when you talked about the roles because. For starters, Bogosian could never in a million years keep up with second line minutes, nor could he keep up with or a first pair of minutes, I should say, nor could he could he keep up with the pace. But yeah. Labushkin, how many times have we seen him at a position since he's been playing and I mean top pair of minutes with Morgan Riley playing against the best players on the other side? He, he he's he's not pinching at bad time. You don't see that Jake Gardner pinch. You don't you to me, he's looked Far better than what I was expecting. When I, when, for starters, when I t- when I said, "Okay, they moved Nick Ritchie's contract. This guy, if he if he plays one game with the Marlies, we won the we won the trade." And here we are, a guy who's playing in your in your top pair. 
you know? Uh, one of the best trades Kyle Dubas has ever made, and it's lo- low-key, but the super fans and, and the guys who are diehards will recognize it as, yeah, he hit it out of the park there, not just to move the money, but to bring in a player who's going to possibly, like Patty said, impact your playoff series. I mean, I don't know what else you could do. You know? He's done a lot of things. I know Leafs fans trash on him, but even the Geo not giving up an active player. Like, I know all of Leafs Nation were holding their breath, like, oh, is Dubas going to give up a a Nylander, a Mikheyev, is he going to do something to get, you know, defense? He didn't give up an active player, and we brought in Geo. Like, he, he's done some pretty good things. Bunting, another one, right? Yeah. he Like, Dubas hasn't really struck out on very much. Like, you can't call the Felino trade last year a strikeout because, you know what, everybody knew that he was the type of player at least needed for a playoff run. He got hurt. Like, Dubas can't do nothing with that. Richie, I'll never understand. He goes to Arizona and scores 10 goals. I just don't think he could skate with our guys. That's what it came down to. I, I don't know what that's all about. I think Dubas has done a very good job. The fact that he's managed the cap that he has, like he's got Bunting on a two-year contract. Like, is there a bigger steal in the NHL right now than that contract? Um, no, not really. But And you know what? I, I, we don't have one bad contract on the team. Like People will say that Tavares is a bad contract, but ha- – How's a 75-point guy a bad contract? How's an 80-point guy, a Nylander, a bad contract? Marner, people were grilling him, you know, about the Marner contract. He's one of, I, I like him more than Matthews most games, you know what I mean? That's swearing to Leafs fans. But Marner's a guy, in my opinion, makes his whole line around him better. Matthews is a sniper. He's the, he's the score. He's the score. He's the show. But Marner can go out there, you know, like a Crosby and turn a Jordan Stahl into a 40 goal player and then Jordan Stahl leaves and suddenly he's a 15 goal guy when he's not playing next to Crosby, right? That That's what Marner brings to the team, in my opinion, anyway. Long before he was a Toronto Maple Leaf, I called that John Tavares syndrome. Because when John Tavares was on the island as a very young man, he made very rich men out of Matt Molson's, Kyle Ocposo's, uh, who's that, P.A. Parento. Those guys became very, very rich gentlemen thanks to their centermen. And they went on to sign in Buffalo and other places and just on $4 million deals, right? Because they weren't playing with John Tavares. And like I said, that was something I used to talk about all the time was, was that, that trickle down effect from playing with great players. Now, and we often talk about it on this, on this podcast, uh, kind of like which came first, which came first the chicken or the egg in the sense that which, who's, who's the better player if they don't have each other, Mariner or Matthews. You know, I mean, you're talking about two elite level NHL players at their not even in their prime yet. But I mean, they're they're, they're coming up on it, but they're playing on the same line and both almost at 100 points. So you're you're talking about a a Lemieux and Yager kind of a situation. And actually, that's probably one of the best comparables that you're going to look when it comes to classic duels in, in, in the league because of both skill sets. But I mean, just absolutely dynamite together and. You, you got to wonder, you know, if Matthews doesn't have Mariner, does he have 60 goals? Conversely, if if uh, Mariner doesn't have Matthews, does he have 10 million assists in his career, for example? You know what I mean? So, like, both players are just exceptionally talented, and they're taking what's given to them and just, just making absolute diamonds, you know? But of this, if both – if one went to Seattle tomorrow and one went to Arizona, just bottom feeder teams, does Marner still have a chance of putting up 90-plus points? I think so. No matter who he plays with, he's still going to get assists. Does Matthew score 60 goals, you know, with a couple of guys that can't pass, maybe aren't as fast, things like that? I don't know. I guess that's... That's fear. 
And that's yeah. that's that's where it gets real interesting because we're talking about Matthews as not just the best player on our team, but being the most influential player in the league when it comes to his team in the heart in the heart talks, right? And here's Mitch Marner, who was an all-star snub earlier this year. Now, granted, he wasn't playing great at the time, fair. But, uh, I mean, you're talking about a, a guy who I think, like I said, I put Marner's firmly in the top 10 in the league. And depending on who you talk to, he might be kicking around the top five. You know, of players who, if you were to draft today and all the players went into a pool, every player in the league went into a pool, would Mitch Marner follow to the top five in selections? By because those old guys, the Crosby's and Taves, those guys are well past prime. They're, we're not even talking about them anymore. We're talking about the the McKinnons and the the Drysaddles and the McDavid's and the Matthews's and the Mariners. Uh, and I guarantee you, Mariner doesn't fall down that list very far before he's claimed. So again, I, it's an interesting conversation to have, and it's completely hypothetical. But I always love to throw it out there, and I'm glad I got your take on it because. Yeah, it's, it's fun. That's a fun topic. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge fan of Matthews. I don't want people to be like, who's this douchebag trash in Matthews? I'm a huge fan. I'm just, a, I'm a bigger fan of Mitchie Marner. I, he's my favorite player in the Leafs. Um, out of the bunch, I like them all, but he's my favorite player. And uh, Pat, yeah, maybe, just, that, maybe that's what we'll title the episode. Curtis hates Matthews. And we'll get like yeah, 10,000 yeah, 10, 10, 10, clicks. And we're yeah. like, yeah, no, it's not really the case. Did you ever hear a spitting chicken? <laughs> spitting chickens would be in our dust tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Spill me. Who? I gotta get a quick beer. You want me to bring you to the beer machine or I'll just be right back? Oh, yeah, bring us over, man. Let's bring do it. to the beer machine. <laughs> but you know what? Like carrying on that conversation, like the fact that both players have developed because they were not known coming into the league as having a defensive element to their game, and both are excelling at it. Um, like you can argue that Mariners are best. PK guy right now. We've got a ton of really, really good ones. He's just so good. The guy never ever gets hit. He's like Alec. Yeah, he's not Gresky. <laughs> I'm gonna say that right now. But no. Gresky was the type of guy that never ever got hit. Like, like when we're the- a threat on the penalty kill because of him. We got a deadly yeah. playing a deadly penalty kill right now. I can't even remember. Like in the early 2000s, I'd had, I'd have to go back and look at the stats. I can't recall us being so, I'm going to say dominant, but to say top 10 in both categories in the same season. Like it was either you were really good in the power play, wasn't great penalty kill, or you're in the 15 and 15 in the league. Um, I have nothing to back impressive. this up, Patty. I have nothing to back this up. I'm going to say that's never happened for the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 mean, I take I, that bet. I've been a fan for a long time, and <laughs> we were never any good at either. So the chances of having being us being good at both in the same season, uh, yeah, I I mean I'm sure that if we if we had a huge fan base, somebody would write me and tell me how full of shit I am because blah 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 in uh, 1914. Blah. Anyway, but point being is that in the modern era of the time, let's say the last 40 years, which we've been kicking around watching a lot of hockey, yeah, no, our team probably has not been in the top 10 category in both forever. Power play. A penalty kill. Look at the Boston. Every Boston series, it seems like every time we took a penalty, Leafs fans are like, "Here we go, Pasternak's freaking putting one in from the from the dot." You know what I mean? It was we were just terrible. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 correct. The interesting thing to, that comes to comes to mind too when we're talking about playoff hockey is the differences in in. And I hate going back to this because I'm not the guy who blames the refs. Very seldom will you ever hear me complain about refing because I think I'm I'm of the mindset that you make your own luck in hockey. 
Uh, and, uh, and if you're looking for excuses to get out of a loss, it's very, very weak to turn to the officiating. Uh, you had a lot more impact on the game than the official can have. So, but the officiating styles, this is not new news to anybody, uh, is clearly different in the, uh, in the playoffs than it is in the regular season. Now we tried to debunk this theory. We had, uh, Mr. Paul Dvorsky, longtime NHL, uh, official Mr. Paul Dvorsky was on a few episodes back. Fantastic episode. If anybody's watching, I haven't seen that one. Paul, uh, Paul unloads on, uh, on a, a career of, of reffing some of the most iconic games in, in the history of the league. But, uh, but we dug into that, you know, the, and he said, he said, we, cause right now he's working in, in, uh, in supervision for NHL officials. So he has to go supervise playoff games, like in the stands. And then he has to debrief the officials after the games. And they are adamant that, listen, the rule book does not change in the playoffs. And they reiterate that to the officials day in, day out. However, you do not need to be, you do not need to, to strap on your, your reading glasses to see that it's clearly two different sets of rules. So while we've leaned hard this year on being a great power play team, that kind of stat is meaningless more or less in, 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 in the, uh, as is the power, as is the penalty kill, because there's just not nearly as many calls made, you know? But, but I'll argue with you there because I think if our power play, because if you recall going into the playoffs last season, our power play was horrible. Dreadful. And I would argue the power play cost is that serious. because We had a number of opportunities especially in game five and six when we lost those overtime games. Shouldn't have even got to that point because we did get our opportunities and you only need one per game. Um, so I still think it's a nice thing to have in your, in your back pocket. My problem is not the difference between regular season and playoff officiating because we know there's going to be a difference. It always is. It, it is in every contact sport that's out there. Um, my whole problem with officiating and my neighbor, Brad Clark, is going to appreciate this one because he talks about it quite often is the whole concept of the makeup call. I have zero problem whatsoever in one team getting 10 penalties in one game and one team getting one penalty, if that's what it is. And that's not the case. It's the whole idea of trying to even up the game, make up calls, ghost calls. Yeah, I'm not going to call that one. And that's where consistency goes out the window. And that's yeah. the problem with, I can only imagine being a, a player where these things are happening in split seconds and this one is called and that one's not called like that's where games get i don't know just one consistency that's all i want no i i hate that and uh i mean steve dangle goes on about that to a point too when when, when he's when he's mid rant I, I enjoy dangle dangle's uh not everyone's cup of tea but hey uh, a couple hundred thousand people seem to think he's he knows what he's talking about but i mean he goes on about about that quite often and uh, it, to me, it is what it is. Like, like you said, if if there if there's one team who didn't take the infractions, fair. The problem is also late in the games when refs don't want to make the call because they don't want to impact the game by making the call. Well, by not making the call, you've impacted the game, right? So there's that aspect as well, and that's what Dangle hones in on a lot too. So that's another angle of looking at how officiating can really really bone you in a playoff series, right? In, in, in late in the third period when it's a tie game and a guy gets hooked onto on a breakaway and they don't get the penalty shot or don't even get a penalty, you know? Oh, we didn't want to make the call because it was late in the game. Uh, yeah, that's when you're supposed to make the call because that will impact the game correctly. But Buddy goes in, you know, on, in the, on the ensuing shift, the other guy goes the other way on, 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 a, on a two-on-one and scores and game over, right? So when that should have been a power play for our team. So there's that aspect of, of, of the refereeing as well. So 
while I know we've 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 been had a very well, we've had our best season ever as, as a Toronto Maple Leafs in uh, in wins and points and all that good stuff, um, and that's honed around the rule book that is uh, the regular season. Are we well enough equipped as a even strength team to continue at the same pace in uh, in the playoffs? That's that's my big concern, and I don't expect you guys to answer that, but that's my that's my question heading in for myself. I'm curious to see. In response to that, yes, sir! We're winning this series! Bam! Anyway, I'm getting jacked up. The beers just hit the veins there. Sorry, I'm yelling. Anyway, uh, that's all good. The beer oh, good. the bloodstream there, but I'm telling you, I've been jacked up. We are winning tomorrow, and we are and you winning. Know, to your question, though, Ryan, look how many goals Austin Massey scored even straight. Oh, listen. Not I can't imagine how many assists that Werner had even straight. Listen, you know what? At the end of the day, going to, going into previous playoff series, there was always something in the back of your mind saying, yeah, we don't have that type of player. We like We don't have enough depth on defense. We don't have that number four center uh, to win and win his face-offs. Uh, goaltending is a bit of a concern. I, I, I really, really, do, and I'm a homer for this stuff, big time. I really don't know where we got holes in the lineup. The only reason why we don't win this series is if our top players don't come out and perform, which... I don't yeah. think that's going to be a problem. I, I just don't see that. I see a different level of maturity with the team. Isn't That's yeah. not going to happen. So I think what we'll do, I got one more thing I want to, unless there's something Patty wants to get to, but there's one more thing I want to talk about. I want to see who you guys are picking. I'll go Patty first because, yeah, Curtis is jacked. <laughs> <laughs> Who's, outside, outside of the obvious choices, I mean, you just can't pick Matthews as a cop-out. Who is the guy who low-key, you already mentioned Lavushkin, but don't pick Lavushkin. Low-key, who's going to make a difference in this series that, that the average person wouldn't necessarily pick. Who's your guy that you're looking at and saying, nah, he's, he's the guy that people are going to say, wow. Um, God, there's so many obvious picks because you've all had so many good, good seasons. Career um, years for everybody, man. But you got to yeah, pick one. Like, I, I think it's Mikheyev for me. Yeah, it's going to be Mikheyev. I, I just think that speed is going to be Tampa can't match that speed. Hmm. He's oh. he's gonna be crit- he's gonna be critical. I think so too. And and again, penalty killer, right? If he First if he it- pots three or four goals in this series, oh my god, like that's a win. Like that's when you start winning series. Is when guys like him and Engvall pots in a in a goal or two. Um, I don't want it to be solely dependent upon the top line or the top two lines. No, it can't I be. think the other thing here is you really got to get a series out of Tavares. I had a conversation a couple of days ago uh, with Christopher Stieg. This was a private conversation. We were chatting about something completely different. Uh, and I talked to Chris about when he won the Stanley Cup in Chicago. He said, Ryan, he said, do you know He said, when we won the Stanley Cup, he said, our third line had 20 goals. I said, what? Wow. He said, yeah. He said, that's where you're going to win your cup. He said, don't go. You can't lean on a Matthews. You can't lean. I mean, yeah, they got to do their thing. That's their job. That's what they're paid for. But he said, yeah. you're not going to win unless your third line is producing. And I was like, wow. So, I mean, that's a guy with two Stanley Cups. He knows what he's talking about, right? Been there, done that. So, well, who's your guy, uh, Curtis? Who are you going with, man? That's a little bit off the radar. All right. Really? Yeah. Really? Ender, okay. He's going to – he picked it up. At the end of the season there, he was lighting it up. Multi, multi-point games, multi-goal games. He's going to have a hell of a series. I'm, I'm feeling it. Yeah, and he's such a smooth operator too, right? Like when you when – you, if, you, if I asked you this question, who's the most chill, nonchalant, easygoing guy on the team who gives no shits? But he's, he's well up that list too. You know, like – 
He's not going to, he doesn't feel pressure. I don't think the same way some of the other kids do. And uh, no, I love that choice. I'm going to go against every bone in my body. And I'm going to pick the one and the only Mr. Pierre Engvall. Because I've been so hard on the guy all year. I mean, if you were to go back and look at some of our episodes, I mean, I was hard, hard. And I owe that young man an apology because he has shown that, like I said, he's not only a capable NHLer, but he got potential to maybe someday, not, I'm not talking star power, but maybe someday be, you know, a, a consistent 20 to 25 goal scorer in this league if he keeps on his trajectory. He's still young, right? Yeah. So do I think he can make a huge impact in this, in this playoff series from a third-line perspective? Absolutely, man. And like I said, what about he pops in a shorty? Is that kind of a, is that kind of a nice? So we're getting the tour. We're getting the tour. So I just got the freaking Pierre Engvall uh, Heritage Classic mannequin. So all his gear oh. from the Heritage Classic game. Love oh, it. my God. Love stick, skate, helmet, jersey. Yeah. Awesome. For That's- any of you guys who are listening to our podcast instead of watching, make sure you go back, zoom ahead to, uh, to, to the Trick Warner Mark in our podcast and uh, <laughs> check out the Pierre Engvall collection. It's... Uh, that's, that's something you're not going to see everywhere. <laughs> no, I don't know. My my Johnny Bauer ma- my Johnny Bauer mannequin is getting uh, quite the scares. If anybody comes to my house into the basement and turn turn the lights on, you see this all the the, the goalie mask and the pads and everything. <laughs> I I, I got to ask you, Curtis. Yeah. Washer, do you have a favorite thing in your basement? Do I what? Sorry. You have a favorite item or the beer fridge has more meaning or something. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? Everything? The beer fridge. Oh, the beer fridge. <laughs> no, because uh, not just that, but because you can't buy them anymore. Like, if you go through my Twitter, I get like 900 messages. Where do you get that beer fridge? You can't buy them. It was given to me as a gift like 18 years ago. And I've tried to find them to buy one, and you, you can't get them anymore. So if this breaks, I'm kind of out of luck, right? So I got to just take care of it. Yeah. I can't recall ever seeing one. I they They look similar to the old cigarette machines. Yeah, uh, that used to come down in, in columns or whatever. But um, other than your beer fridge, a leaf piece of memorabilia. <laughs> oh, you'd fit so well here in Newfoundland, buddy. Um, that's a tough. Honestly, I, I cheer more for the logo than the name. Yeah. Um, oh, Clearly, he has a Pierre Engvall mannequin. <laughs> like that's got yeah. to be the only one in the world. <laughs> Yeah, His mother and father don't have that. Pierre yeah. Engvall um, doesn't even have that. I got uh, Matthew's rookie-worn gloves and skates from his rookie mm-hmm. season. Those are probably the the coolest thing because uh, you know, and if he does re-sign as a Leaf in ten years, and you know, signs a big contract and goes to the Hall of Fame in twenty years as the greatest Leaf ever, having something from his very first season as a Leaf is always super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Solid choice. Patty, what's your favorite piece, man? I'm curious about that now. We talked about the window. He had a window Clark watch from like when he was 12. But uh, when it comes to memorabilia pieces, what do you got? Uh, like the window Clark watch is probably the most sentimental one because I had to watch as a kid. I don't think Curtis has heard this story. 10 second story. Had this window Clark watch. Uh, like any like any watch as you, or toy you have as a kid, you, you lose it. Anyways, uh, but 10 or 15 years ago, I find a exact same watch in the packaging on eBay for 12 bucks. So I said like, Oh my God, it was, it was meant to be. However, like I look at the stuff that I've bought over the last two years, like the Matthew skates are there. Um, his gloves got a stick from earlier this year. I think the two recent purchases though, that, that I made was the 
67, 68 team signed stick from that from that era. And then more, most recently, the 1942-43 team signed stick. Turk Broda, Half Day, Sillaps. Um, like those are pretty unique, but I'm just looking around. I've I've I love everything. <laughs> Since, since, Ron, since Ron and Matthews kick, I'll give you mine because it's, 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 it's for me, it's about memories too, right? Uh, so again, friend of the show, big shout out to Mr. Joe Bowen. Uh, he's been on our podcast now a couple of times. Uh, I've spoke, I speak to Joe quasi regularly. He's, he's just a fantastic human. So I'm brought back to Matthews rookie season game one. And uh, Mr. Bowen with the iconic call says he oh, scores wow. four. Do you believe this? Kids, holy Mackinac, the kids on fire. Joe Bowen. That's insane. So that's probably my favorite piece for two reasons, because I remember sitting there watching that forget game. And I was just, I was legitimately, if I, I mean, my neighbors who I didn't know very well at the time must've thought I was insane. Like I was jumping around and screaming and doing it all. Here I am. Like I'm in my thirties, right? Like, I mean, what am I doing? I'm watching a hockey game, but this kid is absolutely making the league is, you know, the ITCH and, and, and it's, and like, it's, it's like, it's like water off a duck's back. The kid is so silky smooth. He's not even celebrating the goals. I'm like, yeah. this is just insane. His mom is jumping Bro up. Like I, I, I'm immediately when I see that piece of memorabilia, I'm brought back to a place and a time. And when I really truly knew that this team was going to be different, whether we ever win or not, I'm sure we will. But that was, that was a major turning point for me as a fan. And then of course I've met Joe and become uh Friends, that way it's uh, it's, a, it's a special piece for me. So yeah, that's my favorite piece. But anyway, guys, predictions for tomorrow night? It's goal scores. What do we got? I want the final. Or I should say final score. Patty going first. Patty no, you first. go first this time. <laughs> no, 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 no. Patty first. We got okay, here. I'll go first. Curtis I'm gonna say four, four two Leafs final goal into an empty net netter. Um, I'm not even gonna go pick the goal scorers because I'm just gonna. I don't even know. I like uh, don't, don't even what bother I find with that. The thing I find a crock is picking how many games a series will go. Yeah, it's yeah. always six games for me because who's ever going to pick seven? Who's going to sweep? Like it's all yeah, a bit yeah. of a crock. I I don't know. There's no I, there's no I science predicting, that goes into it. I love predicting the scores because it it shows you just how it'll, yeah, maybe intent you are on them actually winning. It's not necessarily what you think; it's what you want, right? Yeah. I'm 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 expecting tonight tomorrow or tonight's game to be a really tight checking game. And uh, I'm thinking uh, three to one, similar similar to yourself, perhaps an empty netter at the end, or maybe just a team that takes a third period lead into the third period and closes it out, shuts it down. Uh, but yeah, okay, Curtis, it's all you, buddy. You let your closer out. Uh, I'm going 4-1 Leafs. And as for goals, I'm going some bottom six guys are getting two or three of them. I think Matthews or JT, you know, one of the big boys will get one. But I think the the bottom six guys, like, a, you know, even Akasha, Mikheyev, um, Angval, Blackwell, those guys are going to chip in for three. Uh, first goal, first goal of the uh, first goal of the of the of the uh, series going to be TJ Brody. Mark it down. All right, guys, that's it. You heard You're it right, man. First, You're buying our lotto tickets. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can go out, you can remortgage your house, buy a lotto ticket based on our predictions. We know what we're talking about here. So yeah, that's uh, that's episode eighteen. We got to do a big shout out to our sponsor. This podcast wouldn't be where it's to today without. Uh, People who listen to it and love it, and uh, and we got listeners now all over the world, which is really cool. Where again, we're a bunch of nobodies, but uh, sometimes the, the nobodies are just as fun to listen to as the people who think they know everything. So, um, yeah, big shout out to PHG Sports out of Ontario. PHG has been sponsoring our podcast now for two seasons. 
and uh, read it from day one. Um, you'll recognize PHG Sports from the Costco Roadshow. So they're the number one supplier of hand-signed memorabilia for Costco right across Canada. And you can visit those guys at www.phgsports.com. Find out their, uh, their schedule and where they are and all that good stuff. Yeah. So there you go, folks. Swing by. Buy up all the Leaf stuff. It's going to be worth a fortune when they win the Cup this year. So... Again, thanks so much, Curtis, for popping on, taking a little bit of time. On, on, and even I know you're a busy man, four kids and everything else. This, uh, making time for a couple of newfies out west who just want to talk hockey. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. guys. All right, Go so Leafs. if there's nothing else, boys, a little peace out. Go Leafs! Yes, sir! <laughs> <laughs>